And now, everyone's favorite autodidactic iconoclast, Drew Marshall. It's time for a WTF segment, and that's where I am joined by a religion reporter from an assortment of news outlets, and we catch up on the happenings of religion and faith and cults. Oh, my. Today's WTF guest is Mr. Bob Smitana. He is the senior news editor at ChristianityToday.com. Bob is a religion editor guru in the world of religion editors. How's that for an introduction? That's a very important thing. Bob, I care about you deeply. How are you? I'm just fine. How are you? I just went for a nice uh, uh, four-mile run, so I'm perfect. Okay. Wow. Which is six-something for us in here in Canada. Yeah, six like kilometers. 16 kilometers yeah, here in Canada. 500 kilometers. Way to go. <laughs> Bob, um, you know, obviously we've got to talk to you about the Pope because um, um, apparently he's he's in the hood. He's here, he, and, and he's making it. Yes, he is. He's in Philadelphia. So what is your overall impression of the Pope's visit to the States? Well, first of all, it's been fabulous. Everybody loves this guy. Uh, just, you know, he does all the... He's a great... What do we think of the Pope? He's a great master at the moment. You know, he's, you see him land at the airport, and everybody gets in these, you know, and then he does the motorcade. They get these giant SUVs with the security guards, and he's in a Fiat. He's in a tiny little Fiat. And he's stopping all over the place to hug kids, and, and he goes to jail, and then he gets up in front of the... Congress and says pretty profoundly challenging things in this really nice, quiet voice. You should love one another. You should, you know, take care of the poor. You should, you know, stop all this bickering, but not lecturing, just in this quiet voice. Hmm. And uh, one of the things that's real remarkable, two things. One is, 50 years ago, Protestants in the United States hated the Pope. He was Republican, number, enemy number one. He never would have gone to Congress. That would have been like seen as a takeover of a foreign power. And now uh, there's new research out on that Protestant ministers think he's their brother in Christ, more than almost two thirds. They uh, they don't agree with his theology, but they love it. See, here's my my take on the whole Pope visit thing, Tim. All right, I'm and, listening. And, and Bob, um, <laughs> there is ridiculous praise for this man, and I get the praise, and and um, and you the, like him, right? And I yeah, I get that, but it's getting it's getting a little silly now. It's like uh, breaking news. The Pope is going to the papal apartment. Well, of course he's going to the papal That's Like, I don't understand. That's not breaking news. It's a slow news day. You can't blame him. Uh, if the Pope went to a strip bar, that would be breaking news. Yes, but in his cheap little Renault. I'd like to say I just stole that material from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, no, that's what I'm saying is that uh, he's doing he's doing what what Popes have been uh, supposed to have been doing in, in every... What? But you that's, don't think No, so? that's the difference. I think the difference is, other than going to the Papal Palace and riding around a fancy car, I think the reason it is such big news is because he's doing stuff that Popes haven't done for the longest time. Like, so I actually what, give a rash patootie about people. What we're saying is that uh, previous Popes have lowered the bar? Spiritually, and yeah. following Jesus and what we're supposed to do, Beatitude-like, yes. Right, right. Ooh. Wasn't there some old timey, uh, old timey theologians that thought he was like Satan or something? Oh yeah, old timey. You know, especially in the the old. There's probably some old timey ones still think there's some Calvinist on Montana who still think he's Satan. Yeah, 
yeah, he's saying, and the people who like him are just deceived. And uh, but it's hard though. That's he's just such a. He looks like someone. This is why people love him. He looks like someone who likes being a Christian, who says, "I'm here to help other people, and not tell you what to do." And I'm not angry all the yeah. time. And uh, mm-hmm. and given what the Catholic Church has been through in America, yeah. you know, ten years ago, this abuse scandal and the evaporation of old line Catholicism from the East Coast. This is a remarkable turnaround see people embrace this man and also to, to turn out and grow seeing Yeah. So basically the Pope is saying, I'm here, you're queer, we're getting used to it. <laughs> I like, like that. I'm here, I like Jesus, and I'm standing around. <laughs> Um, folks, uh, Bob Schmantano with ChristianityToday.com. That's one of the stories these guys have been uh, writing about. Here's another one. The Southern Baptists are now cutting six to 800 missionaries due to major budget crisis. Um, you know, some would say that's not a huge loss. <laughs> well, it's a, it is a big deal. They, they've had this huge uh, growth of missionaries for like 40, 50 years, and they always get money. They're, they're, their mission aid board is a $300 million operation. And so... Uh, you know, they just thought that he just keeps sending more and more and more, and then, um, and then, uh, um, then all of a sudden they they're like, "Hey, we're going to send more missionaries," and the the Baptists like, "No, you can't have any more money," and we'll just keep sending more and more. And because they're a hundred seventy year old agency, they built up these big reserves so they could just keep overspending. And they got a new guy in there; he's in his thirties, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa you got to stop." Because we're gonna, you know, we're gonna run out of money here. But is it true they they overspent by millions and millions of dollars? Yes, two hundred ten million dollars over six years. Whoa, <laughs> that's not overspending. <laughs> that's not overspending. Oh man, that's stupidity. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, they they had if you're if you're a hundred seventy year old agency and you work all the world, you've got reserves, you have buildings, you have all kinds of stuff that you're maybe not using. So they basically said, okay, we have, we have a cash flow crisis. We'll sell off these buildings, and then every time a missionary retires, we won't always replace them. We'll draw it down. They've been knowing they had to do this for seven or eight years, and they were just, you know, slowly trying to drag it out to not have to fire a bunch of people. And then all of a sudden the new person goes in, and she, we just can't keep doing this. They had a $20 million deficit this year. They're like, that's bad. That's a bad hmm. – it's not a future plan. Um. Well, I think that the Southern Baptists are simply following the same accountancy procedures as the uh, U.S. federal government. That's really what it is. Or Enron. Or Enron. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, people don't want to send mission, you know, it's the end of denominationalism. I don't want to send my money to some denominational board if I want to, I want to send it to my friend who's a missionary. Yeah, exactly. That's another problem. Yep, yep, for sure. I like this story. Uh, apparently, the, you, you guys have this story about a church volunteer, 82 years old, who was afraid of uh, a group of young people that they were taking over her church. And now she's got cancer, and those young people are going to take her on her first vacation in 67 years. Wow. Yeah, it's a lovely story. Her name's Miss Bobby, and uh, her church merged with another church. She's helped start this church 30 years. She's been handing all bulletins at the door, and it just never went anywhere. And so the young people were going to come and take over, and she voted against them. The 14 people left, she voted against them. And then she was going to quit, and then she didn't. As a church, she said, "Well, if we're going to be here, we're going to get together." And she's she's great because she started working at 15 years old, got married at 15, started working full time, really never took a vacation, helped support her husband who was very ill for years. Now she's 82. She's got stage three cancer, 
and they asked, you know, they did one of these icebreakers at a small group. Uh, do you, you, you want to go to the beach or the, you know, the ocean if you had a choice? And she said, I don't know. I've never been anywhere. So these young people, like these people just started raising, they raised like 3500 bucks to take her to the beach and give her a time. So she's there now and having the time of her life. And, and she wouldn't even, here's the best part. They said, we're going to raise this money to send you. She says, oh, no, you can't give me any money. I have to save their own money myself. And they're like, no, you have to let us bless you. And it brought her to tears that these people would do this for her because she didn't want to be a burden to anybody. She's like, I don't deserve this. It was great. She, and she's a lovely lady. Just lovely. And feisty as all get out. Oh, yeah. Any, anybody like that has got to be a, a little bit of a, a, a firecracker. That's it. That's what I was going to go for. An incendiary, incendiary device. She's got this job, right? She runs her own business. So she took her cell phone because she didn't want her the people who work for her to know she was on vacation. That's good. So good. So good. No, right, that's well, not the ocean in the background. Um, I don't know what that is. I'm getting a massage. It's the music. <laughs> We're taking it to Chippendales, Grandma. <laughs> um, so the, contrast that story with the Michigan church who got uh, mega donations, basically, from a Ponzi scheme, I guess, who was part of the church. And now the government would like uh, the money back, oddly enough. What's that story yeah. about, man? Yeah, so, uh, well, so the Church of Michigan got $300,000 in donations from a guy who was a member. And then all of a sudden, uh, turns out he was running the Ponzi scheme. So, you know, $30, $40 million. So, you know, the government comes back. Uh, and there's some court cases saying the government can go to, to nonprofits to reclaim these assets. It's called a clawback lawsuit. So they come to the church and they say, hey, we need our money back. And the church is like, hey, we sent that much already on our mission so they won't give them back so they're gonna they're gonna end up in court uh there's some colleges uh who also got money from this guy and they've got a, they they are uh looking to have the either raise tuition or or do something to pay the money back but uh, basically if you take stolen money you got to give it back man you know the term i love is clawback you know i think that <laughs> that whole thing was invented by cougars <laughs> that's it, eh? That's all I got today. That's wow. My, that was the last ounce of humor I had today. That's that was okay. it. Right there. I'm done. Hey, um, Bob, what a great... I'm so glad you're over there because it's been a while since we've had you on our show. You were one of our first religion reporters from back in the day. Bob Smetana, ladies and gentlemen. He is uh, now with ChristianityToday.com. All those stories can be read and discussed and uh, and uh, perused uh, ChristianityToday.com. Bob Smetana, senior news editor. Dude, great to chat with you again, man. Thank you. All right, good. Good talk with you. Have a great week. All right, Bob. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Oh, Timmy. That was fun. You and I catch up? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I guess we haven't done that yet. Do you mind? No, not at all. I'd love to catch up with you. I um, I'm into my second full week of teaching, and I'm already exhausted. Um, but that's normal. That's typical. Yeah, you're out of shape, and the first couple of weeks of out of teaching shape, I should say, and the first couple of weeks are very much teacher focused and teacher driven, trying to establish rules, regulations, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's coming up at that point where I can start giving kids like desk work or busy work or assign, you know, performance stuff. So it's real slow work. down. Yeah, exactly. Because don't at the start of the year, don't you all teachers, don't you all like bring in the cart with the TV on the top and just play no, like Snoopy? No, 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 we don't do that anymore. That's what next week is. My bum hurts. <laughs> Been saying that, yeah. Uh, but the, the, one of the highlights of my week was um, one of my classes, my grade eleven drama class. We have a character for a day, where they have to create a character, and then they are for that, a day. Then they are that character for well, just for the entire class, and it is a nut farm. It is so much fun. It's exhausting a, for I me. Like, wait, is this a drama is thing? It's a drama yes, thing. Yes. 
and I'm teaching my daughter this year, which is really cool, getting you, involved in that. You guys and, didn't save a mic for Alex, the intern. Remember I well, told you that? No, but you wanted her for... Yeah, but you packed them all up. No, I guess she we've can got a mic here. right here. Yeah, yeah uh, we can flip it around that I way. I just thought about having her uh, closer. Can you tell I stopped listening? I can um, get a mic out if you want, princess. No, that's fine. All right. Yeah, how was your week? Oh, batoxial aching man. Batoxial aching man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was a it was an exhausting week. It was one of the most exhausting weeks I've ever had. So I flew down to LA uh, Tuesday night. Nice. Uh, had to take two flights. Really? Flew down to Houston, changed planes, and and then got, you went to Houston to fly back up to California. Well, no, you go across. You don't go up to California. Do you know your map? What shut are you a teacher? Up, shut up. So uh, I get to LAX and mm-hmm. the. Um, we got to stay in the plane because some idiot in business class gets hammered and turns into a security number one class one really? breach or something. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. So that means we can't deboard. Deboard? Unboard. So D-plane. there's a D-bag D-plane. and you can't deboard. <laughs> D-play. 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 D-bag. D-bag. <laughs> uh, what, that guy's dead, right? Herve Vettis says? You yes. know his name? Of course. Anyway, uh so I, I, then I get to the rental car thing, which took a long time. But I, I, ran, I always like to rent a cool car, right? What'd you get? Last year was a Mustang convertible. Ooh. Speaking of D-bags. Nice. And this time it was a uh, Dodge uh, Challenger. Oh. A little muscle car. Did it so have I the, parked the in racing a, stripe things on? Like No, it, was, it was a little more subtle. Okay. So I'm parked in this Beverly Hills parking lot yeah. with Benzes and Maseratis and Bentleys all around me. And yeah. I come in with... <laughs> It was a little weird. So Did people come out and look like because you know like oh wow no. like the people's car look at that yeah that's what I thought anyway uh, so Wednesday uh, let me just try to remember okay so I did Tuesday there. you flew in with the deep yeah and then I drove out to Bell Canyon stayed at my executive producer's place you got a beautiful place out near Justin Bieber um, nice and then uh, Wednesday uh, and that was Yom Kippur. And I right. and so the traffic's a lot lighter in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just tell you. <laughs> so I went and met my uh, my attorney down there. We had a lovely uh, little uh, little breakfasty thing at uh, the W Hotel in um, uh, in California, uh, yeah, West Hollywood. And uh, and then I went. Why am I giving you my entire itinerary? There's something I don't know why. Wednesday afternoon. Who did I meet? Did after you hang night? out with like the girls? Then, uh, yeah, that night I went to Warner Brothers Studio with Tracy Milk here. Yeah. Go to her website. She's ugly. Uh, oh, she was on a couple of soap operas. And uh, we went to watch Candace Cameron Bury uh, right. do rehearsals for Fuller House. Fuller House. And it was so fun. It was so interesting. The Warner Brothers Studios are so, – so this this one lot, this one building we're in, I mean, it's, it's old. And it's so old. Like the, the up, way up in the top, the wooden beams and rafters where, where guys walk around and fix yeah. lights, it's all wooden. Whoa. Like that's how weird – like everything's metal now, right? So anyway, it was very cool. First scene we saw was Bob Saget, and uh, so the, uh, Candace has two kids of her own now, mm-hmm. uh, and her husband. Uh, ooh, I wonder if I, how much I'm supposed to say. Well, two kids in the show. She actually has three kids two, in real life. Yeah, she's got two kids in the show, and her husband died. Oh, I think he was a firefighter. And so you see, remember that was Bob Saget's role, right? His right. wife died, and he was raising kids by himself. So mm. they kind of switched that around. Okay. So then Kimmy Gibbler was there. <laughs> she, she's grown up. Um, and Candace, my goodness, you know, we're, we're pals and stuff. But Another she, ugly woman. She, 
Like, she's actually an actress, which I never really realized. So it was really weird for me to watch her work. It's the first time I've watched her work. Mm. So it was a break, and we came around the side by the craft uh, food area there, and she comes around and gives me a big hug. And I was weirded out. I was like, I curled up. And I recoiled from her hug. Really? Yeah, because it was like, I don't know if I like you anymore. Because she's talented? <laughs> yes. Nice I thought going. she was just a loser. That's why we were friends. <laughs> anyway, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs. Um, a few meetings. Few I people. almost got kicked out because it was just uh, you know because this quiet on the set means quiet on the set, yeah. right? Anyway. And you're one of those kids because I was there with Tracy. The director comes up to you know, we're sitting by the railing during one of the scenes. Candace is, is filming and uh, comes right up. Uh, who are you two uh, good-looking people? The only reason he would yeah. you imagine him yeah, saying that course. to me while I was by myself. No, he, unless he's drunk. So that was quite uh, quite adorable, quite fun. Sent us a lot. We we posted a picture on Facebook. So Thursday had some more meetings. What else? I know there's another, there's other stuff that happened. Didn't but I can't, you hang I can't out talk with the, about it. The dude who uh, the 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 Ned. Oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I want to tell you that. So Stephen Tobolowski is his name. Yes. Look, look, Google his name. He's you'll know his face. You won't know his name. Yeah. Groundhog Day. There's a repeat a repeated scene. That's yep. the whole point of Groundhog Day, where. His old schoolmate sees him, recognizes yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, Ned? Yeah. Ned, is that you? And he comes up and he, goo, goo. he's just a dopey character anyway. He's, he's played a, a lot of different roles. He played a role in Californication as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go to Nate. Oh, is it Nate and Arts? Nate and Al's? Al and Nate's Deli, where Larry King has breakfast every morning. And it is the biggest gathering of old Jewish people I've ever seen in my life. They're, wa- they're so old, they're walking around with their own tombstones. <laughs> like, it was just... Did you re- see Larry? No, because oh, okay. we were there for lunch. Um, so we're having this fantastic conversation. And I can't tell you the context of this, but he told me this one story. We've got to move along here. Yeah, we do, time. but that's okay. Keep talking. Okay. Um, it's a short commercial break, so we'll he survive. Said, he said, and this guy knows so much. Tobolowski Files. Go you Google it. He said, spider webs. They just figured out, and Alex, you'd be interested in this because you're smart. Um, sort of. The... Uh, <laughs> The shiny, sticky part of spider webs. Yes. They've always wondered what, what that's for and why some parts of the spider web is sticky and shiny, some parts aren't. And people have always thought, well, w- that's where the spiders don't walk is the shiny, sticky p- stuff okay. part. Spiders have all these legs. They know where they lay down the sticky stuff. They're not stupid enough to walk in the own stuff, you know, the tr- their own traps. Mm-hmm. But? Well, they realized they were looking at it from humans' eyes. Oh. So what they did was they figured out a way to look at the spider web oh, through, like multi- in, through insect eyes. Yeah, multi- insect, Just insect eyes. And what they realized is that the pattern is that the sticky stuff is a pattern. And it's a pattern of a flower. So it attracts insects. Here's the weird thing. Wow. Spiders don't have insect eyes. They have spider eyes. So a spider creates something that is attracted or that is an attractant. To something that has a totally different kind of eyesight, and people think that, how insane is that? See, this is where you know this is where oh, you're going to go. Back. Oh, there's yeah. no God. Oh, how can people think there's no God? No, I just I just just think that this is a happy accident. I'm not going to say you're not going to bring up the God thing, but that this is all Stop just an accident. Stop hitting the table with your hand. I'm um, just dropping names. You sound like those idiots with the subwoofers <laughs> coming down my street. <laughs> Whoa, wait, all right, all right. Okay. <laughs> What's that? That was me driving down the street. That's me driving down the street like rapid. <laughs> hello, hello. Get to your point. See me rolling it? with <laughs> the homies. <laughs> Do it in your homer. <laughs> See, me See me rolling with the homies. <laughs> I have a certain set of skills, and I will find you. Oh, man. And I will kill you. Anyway, it was quite a uh, 
quite a fun. Oh, wait. Oh, I- the plane was delayed coming back home because the crappers were broken. And then they could only let so many people on because you can't have more people, you know, too many people crappers. for the crappers, right? More people than crappers. So going into town, you got a guy full of crap yeah, hold and on. Then flying out. I just realized some people might be offended. They don't realize people in the country talk like that. That's, a, that's what we call an, a, a, toilet, a toilet. Yes, an Tur- outhouse. A, a turlet, as Archie Bunker <laughs> used to call it. A turlet. So uh, big delay. Well, there was a boss, um, usher, like lady, boss. Um, Steward? Yeah, whatever. Like, counter lady, you know, oh. behind the checking counter. Oh, oh I see. Okay, and she yeah. was chatty, 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 chatty. So we're chatting away, and um, when they when they delayed the thing, she went, "You know what? Come, come with me. Come to my office." Oh. And I, yeah, I was like, well, right. I don't hey. know if I want to. Uh, has Bill Cosby been in yeah. there? Are you a director? Um, so I, uh, she took me to her office, which was it turns out to be the business class lounge. Nice. So we sat in the lounge, and uh, and then she escorted me back through the front of the line and right to the plane, and I had this personal. So either they thought I was somebody, which is foolishness, yes. or I was a security threat or something. <laughs> All of the above. It was so fun. Uh, celebrities. Anyway, well done security. to Air Canada. They, they actually did uh, a good job. There's only one irritating flight attendant on this flight, so that was well done. All right, listen, that's Tim and I catching up in our show. I hope you found that thoroughly riveting <laughs> Alex is still awake so we know that's good you know just yesterday morning, just yesterday morning they let me know I got in at 4 wow so a little tired today but we'll have some fun up next folks Randall Wallace is the author of the uh, Brave Heart Life Finding the Courage the Courage <laughs> to Follow Your Heart what was that follow up that was me just doing a sound effect of the, of the lion uh, Randall Wallace is a screenwriter, director, producer, novelist, songwriter who rose to prominence through his original screenplay for the film Braveheart, which earned him an Oscar nomination for Best Original Screenplay. He's also the writer and director uh, behind, or director behind The Man in the Iron Mask, We Were Soldiers, Pearl Harbor, Secretariat, and Heaven is for Real. How about wow. them apples? Them's just some good apples. Short break. We'll be right back. To look down upon me, Jesus You gotta help me make a stand You just got to see me through another day My body's aching and my time is at hand 